Have you had that talk? Have you sat down and had that tough, vulnerable, difficult conversation of the importance of growth to you and your fear that you're growing apart? If they're not open to it, it's important to identify that and have the courage to tell them. You seem closed off here. And I, I think it's really affecting our relationship. And if they don't respect you enough to, to hear that out and to at least be open enough to try it, then that's probably a, a telltale sign. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Next Level University, where we teach you how to level up in your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. No matter where you are now or where you've been, there is a next level. We bring you five episodes a week, four of which are solo episodes with Kevin and I, and one world-class guest to help you get there. This podcast is proudly sponsored by our friend and mentor, David Meltzer of The Playbook Podcast. Amy! Hi. Hi, Amy. What's happening? (laughs) What is a good way to encourage your partner to grow when they're stuck, especially if in a depressive state and they don't have a goal at this time? That is a great question. I think you help them grow. You facilitate their growth by talking or listening to something that you're both curious about. So very similar to what Alan said, anytime Taryn and I are on car rides, we listen to podcasts, we listen to books. Uh, so on my system of success, one of the things I'm, I do every day is 40 minutes of learning. So I'll hammer that out with her. But I think that you have to be the leader. You have to be the leader in that moment and try to inspire them not force them to make a change, but give them the opportunity and say, look, we'll do this together. Like I started reading this book. Do you want to read it together? That's something Taryn and I have done in the past. I think you make it a team sport. And if you can make it a team sport, it's way easier to accomplish the goal together. And also, in this is a fine line, but you can kind of treat the problem as the enemy and you guys are going to conquer that together. So you're in it as a team. And I think that always, always makes it important and it makes it more personal and you feel like you're on a team with somebody so it's easier to win quick disclaimer kevin and i have partners who are unbelievably into studying relationships yes blessed Uh, blessed. how many books on relationships does taryn have I, i i had to move them we so when we moved it's two full clothes baskets filled with books and they weigh i don't know 150 pounds total so if all of this sounds um too good to be true or, or, or all that. I just want to make sure we're giving credit. Like Emilia has yeah. spent her entire adult life studying relationships. She's a relationship coach. So I actually want to, I just want to acknowledge that too, that that does make it way easier for us yeah. to grow with our partners. For sure. um, Taryn taught me the bid system by John Gottman and John Gottman writes books on relationships. So I just, I think it's important to say that genuinely. She, well, Taryn's been studying relationships for a lot longer than we've been in one. Right, right, and she also has her master's in behavioral. She's a behavioral analyst, so she knows her her stuff. But exactly. I, I think it's very important. Yeah. It's very important disclaimer for sure. Okay, uh, so we, in a weird way, we're, we're just blessed, dude. They both study relationships. All I the just time. show up. <laughs> yeah, right. I just try right. to show up and <laughs> just hang up. in there. All right, so okay, I got this up here. I'm gonna reread the question. I'm sorry, everybody. I was doing some technical stuff because the questions are up on the big technical screen. Jargon. What is a good way to encourage your partner to grow when they're stuck, especially if? in a depressive state and they don't have a goal at this time. I want to make sure that I don't reiterate everything Kevin said, because I was dealing with the technical stuff while he was talking, but I would just say this. I believe inherently that everyone has aspirations. They just got covered up by a bunch of mud. 
And so the right questions will will change the game. So for example, with Emilia, we were away um, on a boat at the lake house like a while back, uh, a week ago. And I asked her, if you were going to give a TED talk to the world and 100 million people were going to see it, what would you speak on and why? And what would be the title? See, questions like that are going to uncover people's aspirations. You can't force someone to, to set big goals, but you can help them uncover their dreams. And hopefully that's helpful. Boom. On to the next one, Amy. How do you get someone to be more more vulnerable when their walls are as tall, as long and tall as the Great Wall of China? It's very, very descriptive. I like that question. Wow. Do you want to answer this one first? Yeah. Oh, well, now the whole thing is off the, the rails. Thing is off the rails again. Apologize for the technical jeffings. Okay. Um, I would first have a courageous communicate. I think you have to lead by example. Have you been vulnerable with this person? And do they even know what vulnerability is? So I'm going to be vulnerable and admit this. Kevin and Taryn starting, started studying Brene Brown. I think Taryn probably studied Brene Brown long before yes. Kevin. Yes, yes. She got Kevin into it. This is way before Emilia and I met, uh, probably a year before or half a year. And I didn't even know what vulnerability was. Not saying that I was never vulnerable, but I didn't really understand it. And I didn't really understand the value of it. And I certainly didn't understand it as the bottleneck to my to my relationship. So I guess if you want to help someone become more vulnerable, you're going to have to. This is another thing that I'll say too. And we do relationship talks often. And sometimes when Emilia do and I do relationship talks, she'll connect with the female a lot more and I'll connect with the male a lot more. And um, we were on the phone recently with a very, very exceptional man. Uh, young, young guy, absolutely genius uh, engineer. And I have a lot of what he values and I'm a lot older than him. So I think he subconsciously respected me enough. And I talked to him about vulnerability. I said, honestly, I believe the, the bottleneck in you two's relationship is actually you brother. And it's nothing against you because I struggled with this too. Cause I went to engineering school too. I get it. Like the engineering mind isn't naturally vulnerable. But vulnerability and wanting to understand your partner at the deepest level is going to change your life. It's going to help you be more successful. For people like me, if you're a guy out there listening who is like me, you just want to feel successful. And lighting Emilia up makes me feel successful. And vulnerability lights her up. And so I, hopefully that will help as well. You have to understand what your partner values and maybe why they're not being vulnerable and try to explain it in a way they can understand it based on what they value. I think it depends on the, whether you are a masculine energy or a feminine one. I think if you're a feminine energy, you long to feel safe. So I think it has to come through proof. You, your partner, so if, if you're the masculine or maybe you're both feminine in the relationship, whatever it is, you have to show safety through proof. Over time, I don't know that it's something you can just snap your fingers and get somebody to do. You have to show them that it's safe for them to do that. Because more often than not, somebody has been vulnerable in their past and they've probably been hurt or they've been embarrassed or they've been, you know, the, the old adage for little boys is wipe some dirt on it. Like stop crying. Why are you crying? That, that whole thing forces men a lot of times to think that they can't be vulnerable. So I think for me, it always helped to be able to show quote unquote weakness like me crying isn't weakness, it's actually strength. And I, again, I'm blessed to have a partner that sees that, but I think you have to have an honest conversation of why vulnerability is important to you and what is this person gonna get out of being vulnerable? Also check in with their past. Like why, why do you feel like it's hard for you to communicate your feelings? Like that might open a rabbit hole of, well, when I was a kid, 
this happened, right? Or maybe that's your initial dive into vulnerability and you keep checking in. You keep asking questions. I think questions uncover it, but I do believe that you have to let the person know why it's important for you for them to be vulnerable. I think it's very important to for to get the why power out there. I think it's very important. If they're not open to it, it's important to identify that and have the courage to tell them. You seem closed off here, and I, I think it's really affecting our relationship. And if they don't respect you enough to, to hear that out and to at least be open enough to try it, then that's probably a, a telltale sign. And be vulnerable first, like Alan said. Amy? How do you encourage your partner to do check-ins when they don't take them as seriously as you would like? Such a great question. I, I would just reiterate what I said. Like, It's hard because you can't force somebody into self-improvement. Right. It just doesn't work. They kind of have to be ready, but I think you have to show them why it's so important. Show them this meetup. Show them the pictures of Alan and Emilia or Taryn and I and say, this is what creates a successful relationship. Understand this. Anybody watching or listening, Alan and I know the behind the scenes of many, many, many people. Most people aren't in happy relationships. Genuinely. They just aren't. Genuinely. They just aren't. And the reason why is because it takes work. So I think this is a very, this was a huge. And we weren't taught very much as well. Like in school, we didn't, no relationship course, nothing. So I just want to say that. I think it's an important thing to understand that a good relationship takes work. It just does. It doesn't happen. It's not like a Cinderella story where everything just works out. One of the things we talked about was some myths recently. Love doesn't conquer all. So you guys can love each other, but if you're not working on the relationship with vulnerability, with consistency, with communication, with check-ins, then you might be in for something that's not going to last in the long run. So I think you have to start and you have to kind of lead the dance, but you also have to talk about why it's so important. Why is it important to you to do check-ins? That's, I think that's an important thing. And I also think if you can attach it to what the person values, kind of like Alan said earlier, for men, this is what I always say, when you're vulnerable, the sexual intimacy almost always goes up. For sure. When you're, if, if you're a woman and you're vulnerable, then you feel safe as long as your partner is showing you the right sign. So I think you have to show them through what they value, what they're actually going to get out of it. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the biggest issues for our listeners that we've seen is not everybody has people in their corner trying to lift them to the next level. And even the people who are trying to help don't always know how. That's why Kevin and I created Next Level Group Coaching. It's a three-month program on teams of 10 with all people committed to achieving their goals. Click the link in the show notes for more information. And we only take 10 people at a time, so make sure you get in quick. Understand as well the turtle shell uh, versus the puffer fish. It's a defense mechanism because we don't want to be hurt. So some people shell up and hide. Other people ego up and don't want to. They put up these huge walls. But the original question was, how do you encourage a partner to value check-ins that get them to take it more seriously? Okay. Uh, Does your partner value you at a level 10? One of the questions I wish I had asked myself earlier in life was, does this person admire and value me at a level 10? It wasn't long ago, Emilia texted me and she said, you are the greatest man I have ever known. And for me, there is no greater success than to have the person who knows the behind the scenes the most. Like the real me. Like 
who I really am behind the scenes, not in the studio, not dressed nice, not like the behind the scenes, full naked truth of who I am, literally and figuratively. To believe that, the best man she's ever known, to me, there is no greater success than that, genuinely. And so does your partner value you at that level? Very quick story. We'll move on to the next question. When I was in a relationship several years ago, I had a friend of mine who was in another relationship who posted a a love letter about her partner. And I saw it and I read it and I was like, my partner would never say those things about me. And after that, I never felt the same because I was like, I know that I'm settling. I, she just would never say those words about me. I want to be with someone who actually values who I am as a man. And again, it's nothing against my ex. We had core values, core aspirations, and core beliefs in conflict for sure. And again, that is what it is. But ask yourself the tough questions. Does my partner value me at a level 10? By the way, at the beginning of the relationship, I bet you they did. The honeymoon phase? They valued you and admired you at a level 10. What would you do for when you were falling in love, when you were first falling in love, what would you do for your partner? Anything. And then a few years, few months, whatever, eventually it starts to fade. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to. My relationship's only gotten better from the moment I met her, genuinely. And I struggled for so many years to believe that that existed. But it is because of the work we've put in. It's because of this stuff we're teaching you today. And honestly, it's because of them, genuinely. Yeah. Mostly because of them. And they're, they taught most of us this. We actually did an episode once, I think a meetup once, on yeah, what, our, what we learned from our future wives. A lot of this is from them, genuinely. So uh, relationship talks is only a thing because of Emilia. Hopefully that answers the question. How can you help your partner figure out what their goals and dreams are if they've never had a conversation around this before? We'll go first on this one. Okay. How can you help your partner figure out what their goals and dreams are if they've never had a conversation around this before? Okay. Uh, they need to understand what they're leaving on the table. I believe everyone would have bigger goals and dreams if they understood the downside of not having them. So you have to kind of articulate that. So the best way to do this is, okay, uh, I'll use Kevin as an example. Oh, boy. Back when Kevin was kind of drifting around and didn't really, he, he worked at a job he didn't really love, but he had money. Uh, he traveled. He didn't really love it, but he did go out a lot. He had what I refer to as a pleasure-centered life, and so did I, so I'm not making this wrong. We actually did an episode today about it. It'll drop this week. But he didn't understand how much fulfillment he was leaving on the table. Because the only thing that fulfills us as human beings, from my understanding and all the neuroscience I've studied is growth and contribution. So if your partner doesn't understand what the, the benefits of big goals, uh, Stephen Kotler, we had him on the show. He said, we are all designed to go big and not going big is actually bad for our well-being. And I believe that to my core. I believe we're all meant to go big. Now, what we go big in is unique to us. But from a neurobiological, neuroscientific standpoint, Stephen Kotler breaks down the eight reasons and causes of depression and how six of the eight of them are mostly caused by not having goals, not having direction, feeling like you have a meaningless life. 
Try your best to explain that to your partner. If you can't, send them a resource. Resource. Tony Robbins' TED Talk might do it. Tony Robbins' TED Talk woke me up when I was 26 years old after my car accident. I think it's one of the best ways to really wake someone up to the, to the, not to, oh, go have big goals and achieve all this stuff. No, how to be fulfilled, unique to you. Hmm. I think there's a big difference between figuring out what your goals and dreams are and actually doing something about them. I'm convinced that many people know what they want. They're just afraid to do it. But Alan gave you the deeper understanding. I'll give you the tactic. This is my frame. And I, this kind of sort of worked for me in a weird way. If I was to give you a billion dollars tomorrow and tell you you could do whatever you wanted, but it had to be in the service of others, what would you do? So Episode seven of the Hyperconscious podcast, way before Next Level U was a thing, way before the studio, any of this was a thing. I was working that job that Alan mentioned. I was partying, definitely, more than I am now, for sure. I was getting high a lot, you know? Oh, yeah. A little bit of the, the reefer. The devil's lettuce. The devil's lettuce. I was doing a lot of that. <laughs> but I sat down after a long week of work when I got home. I actually remember I drove six hours home from New Jersey and literally set up my podcast equipment and recorded episode seven. And I said, the life I want, I want to be able to podcast whenever I want. I want to interview amazing people. I want to have an amazing relationship. I want to be able to go to the gym when I want and spend time with friends when I want. I think in my mind, I just literally said, what's my dream? I think we all know, but we're afraid to admit it. How dumb does that sound? Kind of. This is a kid who had no idea about business. I, I didn't track a habit. I didn't. I wasn't tracking my finances. I didn't have, like, I had money at the time, but I didn't know what I wanted, really. But I was like, this would be amazing if I could do this. I would say, ask them that question and say, have the audacity to admit what you really want. Because the only reason I am where I am today is because I asked myself that question. Like, what would I really do if I could do anything and I could help others? What would I really do? The other thing, Evan Carmichael says this, your purpose comes from your deepest pain. So I was sitting on the edge of a bed suicidal. I don't ever want anybody to have to deal with that. Alan believes that if he knew more about self-improvement, he would have maximized his potential more quickly. For sure. Right? Maybe this person has something in their past that they're holding inside themselves that they could really turn into a mission, a passion, or a goal. I think that's another great question too. Last distinction on this one, chase your goals and dreams and make it seem so amazing. The truth of the matter is people who are chasing their dreams are, are statistically more fulfilled. And, it, and it's true. You can kind of tell. Um, so do it. Just live such an extraordinary life that it rubs off on them. I think we should go soon. I think we should go. Uh, Amy, do we have a short question? Yeah. Hammer it. Let's hammer it. We'll do it quick. Um, I'll go for 10 second blip. <laughs> All um, right. What do you have for advice when your growth trajectory is fast and your partner stops personal growth and becomes complacent. Boy, oh boy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Every relationship in your life is feeding you or bleeding you. If growth is a core value of yours. So I have six core values and I actually rated Emilia from zero to 10 against them. She was a 12 out of 10 in all of them. Like the highest I've ever seen in all six of them. My past partners were like twos and threes. And that was my choice, my fault, okay? If your partner is complacent and you feel like you've tried everything you can, maybe, maybe you outgrowing them is gonna be the catalyst to their own dreams. 
uh, sometimes the rubber band should snap. Ooh, I think that's true. I think that's true. I have a little different. Okay, quick. Somebody in my life was in a relationship for several years and he has very, very, very big goals. And this person that he was with didn't necessarily, and they were dealing with a lot in their life. And after he left this person in retrospect, he looked back and he said, you know what, Kev, I really wish I had that hard conversation. I literally never even gave this person the chance to grow. I just assumed they knew exactly what I wanted. So if you're out there, my, my first and only question for you, have you had that talk? Have you sat down and had that tough, vulnerable, difficult conversation of the importance of growth to you and your fear that you're growing apart? I, I believe that's the answer to so many questions. For sure. Is sit down and have the difficult conversation. It's difficult. I know it's way easier to say it than it is to do it, but I would give that advice. You dig the, it? The quality of your life will be directly correlated to the quality or the number of difficult conversations that you have. It's a quote that I've always lived by. Yes, I dig it. Well, who is that? Was that Tim Ferriss? Tim Ferriss. Oh, yep. my goodness. Your quote game. I'm on to you. You're on to I me. I know your quote. Now so. you know. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you, Amy, for the questions. Thank you, everybody, for the amazing questions. We love you. There's the timer. We appreciate you. And as always, we do not have fans. We have family. We will talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you, as always, for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. One podcast episode can change your life forever. If you got value from this episode, please share it with someone you care about deeply. And we will talk to you on the next one.